Hello, you're listening to Mr. Steve for the Adventures in a Tuk Tuk podcast. Good to catch up with the UK's only Tuk Tuk adventurer. I think there might be others. Oh, I know. I, I love I love what you're doing. It's fantastic. It's really great. It's... I love the fact that you're using a. It's like your Tuk Tuk was like number fifty in the country. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, way back when. That one's got quite a bit of history. I, I won't bore you now with all the where that's been, but your tuk-tuk is well-travelled and well-educated even before you've taken it where you're going. <laughs> I would really <laughs> like to hear the history of, of, of this tuk-tuk. Um, no worries. Yeah, yeah. The only time it's ever let me down is when I forgot to put some fuel in it. So, uh, and <laughs> okay, I had the... Uh, push me, push me your luck there. Yeah. Uh, and I... I had it was the, sort of the first couple of days I owned it, and uh, I didn't realise that the uh, fuel uh, reserve was up. Yeah, when it, when it should be down. Yeah, yeah. sure. So I, I, yeah, luckily I was yeah. at the top of a hill, and I just free wheeled down to the petrol station and uh, uh, put oh, some in good. and went back up the hill again. It's great, you know. Even on the new on the new four strokes, people get confused with the, with the fuel tap. Yeah. Um, but you know, on yours where you haven't got a fuel gauge, yeah, um, it just it's absolutely excitement, doesn't it? It does, and I've now got uh, <laughs> two two twenty liter jerry cans bolted to the side, so oh, there's no yeah. way I'm going to run out of fuel. Not that I carry them <laughs> full at, at, at any, you know, only if I was going yeah. into only if I was going into the Sahara Desert would I probably have them full. <laughs> absolutely, but, man. But that's that's a little yeah. way away. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Adventures in a Tuk-Tuk. I have stories of discovery and adventure from around the world. I talk to people I've met from my travels who have taken on extraordinary journeys. All sponsored by the fabulous Tutu UK. Hello and welcome to another episode of Stories of Discovery and Adventure from Tutuk owners around the world. Today's a very special episode. I talked to the pioneer himself, Mr. Steve, who was the first person to bring rickshaws into the UK and get them registered and legal for the UK roads. I went down to visit him and see for myself where it all began. I also wanted to learn more about my own tuk-tuk as it has a history with the tuk shop. So hello and welcome, Mr. Steve. Tell me how it all began. Yeah, yeah, the whole uh, the whole thing for me, um was back in uh, I did like a 10 year recruitment I was coming to the uh, to the end of that in the millennium uh, working for uh, computer people IT recruitment it's a great career 10 years I worked in Manchester Leeds London they kept bringing me up saying oh can you come to a, a new town do yeah. what you do in a new town yeah so it was all going really well but I don't know I think I got to 40 yeah and I had, a, I, had I was on the third floor of a, a nice um, Clydesdale bank house overlooking Piccadilly Circus yeah you know, you start looking out the window, oh, you know, what what, what else? So they said, look, Steve, go now six months off and then, you you know, come back. You've still got your job, but, you know, you, you're sort of, I can see you, you've got wonderlust. Yeah. I, I think it's called a sabbatical or something, wasn't it? So, um, or so, midlife so, crisis. Oh, yeah, you're one of those, yeah, midlife sabbatical <laughs> crisis. So off I went. And it wasn't, you know, it wasn't like on a really in-depth backpacking i just started off i went to on holiday to india for yeah. you know for three weeks and i just got there and then had a ride in one and i i just thought right you know I'll, yeah well at the time 
I was supposed to go sit by the pool, you know, with, with my other half and all the rest yeah. of it. I kept disappearing down to the dealers, you know. Right, how do, how do we get one of these in a container? Oh, you know, you can't export them, all the rest of it. Um, so I came back off that holiday. Yep. And then um, I think I pretty much decided that that's what we'll do. We'll introduce these into, you know, into Europe and, and the West, you know. Yeah. Um, thing is, I grew up in, uh, I grew up in the motor trade. So as a kid, I was, I was uh, on this uh, large uh, dealership for uh, Datsuns back then right. in the seventies. Okay, the old Datsun cars. Datsun Sunny. Yeah, Datsun Sunny. That's a bad car. Did you have one? No. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Datsun Sunny, uh, Nissan. Oh, they changed to Nissan later. Yeah. Fantastic. So as a kid, I was playing about with cars quite a bit. Yeah. So I guess somewhere in my DNA, there's like a motor trade. Yes. You know, but yeah. um, I'm not about to set up a, you know, a BMW franchise, am I, after walking out of a recruitment career? No, no, you're not. So I suppose in my in my um, in my small way, I was I was entering the motor trade, you know, yeah. and I promised that I would do I do something for myself at some point. So um, so I didn't go back. I, I went back to the company that I was working for for a couple of weeks. Yeah. Told them what I was going to do. And then the mission then was to go back to India and, and, and get some proper supply sorted out. And was that at the, you went straight to the Bajaj uh, factory, did you? No, I didn't. Unfortunately not. No, I got badly um, shafted. I'm a crazy English man in town with, with money to spend. <laughs> so I seriously earned a big lesson. But, yeah. you know, James, it was early on. So yeah. like losing, you know, 10 or 12 grand to uh, a guy in, in, in Mumbai. Yeah. You know, it was a good lesson. Yes. As opposed to laying out for, you know, containers full of 22 and yeah. lashing out 30 or 40,000 and losing that. So, yeah, that well, was... I learned really early on, um, be careful who you're, who you're dealing with. You know, it wasn't the Wild West. I mean, they're lovely, friendly people. Yeah. Beautiful. You know, when they take all that money off you and, and let you down, they'll, they'll say, Mr. Steve, but the sun is going up and the moon is coming down and money just goes around so <laughs> don't worry <laughs> don't worry the fact that you weren't insured the fact that you, you paid for insurance and your first container wasn't insured and they're all smashed up oh. but you know the sun will go down and you will um have uh, another opportunity yeah hello. so uh, <laughs> you know that's it so when you when you got your first ones in the country were they actually uh road legal or did you actually have to uh, talk to the government about getting them UK spec. Oh God, yeah. I mean, you you couldn't. Um, no one, no one. You know, there's a bit. I did a, a little bit of theory. You know, um, no one, no one could tell me anything. Went to the bank for a loan. Don't be silly. So no, it was just one of those things you've got to do yourself. It's a bit like exporting one now. If you're trying to export one to, say, the USA. Yeah. It's all the same there. It's so it's so confusing. So many committees. No one can make a decision. Right. Okay. Um, and then. We couldn't get insurance for the first 10 months. I've got like a, a few customers. Okay. No one would insure them. Um, but yeah, no, the, 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 prince of the, the process of putting them on the road, yeah, it took, uh, took quite a long time, you know. So it, let's, just take, the, of, the, let's just take the windscreen. Presumably you had to have a UK manufacturer put the correct windscreen in for this country, did you? For, the, uh, for like laminated glass or not? I presume that. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, laminated glass. Yeah, yeah. The early ones weren't uh, weren't weren't done properly. They're coming from India now. Uh, UK spec, do they, to a degree? 
Well, the windscreen. Yes. Oh, and the, the whole thing. Or is there still a lot of work to do on the windscreen? Well, it depends on, on which brand. You know, Piaggio's tend to have slightly more European, let's say, you know, quality controls on certain aspects of the vehicle. Yeah. So that, that they're probably e easier to, to register. Some of the uh, some of the Indian ones, Bajaj, for instance. Yeah. Um, they you know, they still use old school methods with with some of the systems. Okay. So okay. they still need to be upgraded. Okay. Um, but you know when you've done sort of over two hundred, you get used to it. Obviously, you lose all your hair over it, but you, you get used to it. Yeah. <laughs> so, it, it I well, think it's a good look, as far as I'm concerned. Right. I think yeah, you would look yeah. at, you would look extremely silly with hair. Possibly. <laughs> I don't know exactly. I would. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you and me, man. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's interesting, you know. Um, that the, the thing is, with, with, with um, when we sort of um, pioneered the, the, the testing procedure, yeah. I've got people from uh, in 2004 and five. you know, people from Holland coming over. They, let, they, they, uh, they bought a few and we shipped them from the UK to the Netherlands. Okay. And then the, the, the Dutch government, Said to these guys, fantastic! You can use them in every town as taxis. Right, okay. How about that? Right. And they went. They went on to set up the Tuk Tuk factory. Right. And build their build their own in Thailand sometime later. Yes. Um, so we were like a portal for the vehicles to go to other countries. Well, that's because good. we got this. We got the testing procedure here, which still doesn't exist in other other European countries. Oh, okay. So quite a few still come through this and then go and obviously get shipped on. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. We yeah we send send them to other European countries. Got one uh, a few of them waiting to go out now. Oh, okay. And where they where are they going to? Might be interesting. Um, Tenerife. Oh, okay. As taxis. Yeah. Barcelona. No, just private use. Oh, private use. Yeah, people with a villa wanting oh. wanting a fun fun toy to have. And how would you ship them out there? Uh, by road or um, you know, we're in Southampton, so uh, we've got access to some good. Transport link down on the top. Hello, you're listening to Mr. Steve for the Adventures in a Tuk Tuk podcast. Let's just talk about electric tuk tuks for a minute. Okay. How many of those do you have, and what? How's that going at the minute? Um, yeah, you know, it's a slow burner. We put some out on. Uh, we've we've stretched a few, and we do like independent commissions for for hotel groups. So. Okay. You've been to South Lodge by Gatwick at all. So they 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 didn't want three people sitting in the back. They wanted four people facing each other. Now, over the over the years I did bring in well, I bought in about ten massive tuk tuks from Thailand. You know, they're they're massive compared to yeah. the ones that we, we drive, daily drivers. And I kind of dropped Thailand for different reasons. In a sense, there's still a lot of people. They want four people sitting opposite each other, especially, yes. say, a luxury hotel. You come out of the spa in your dressing gown. Yeah. So we stretched stretched the bajajes so you, there's four people facing each other and then and then electrify them. So we do those one-off commissions, but that can't go on the road. Oh, okay. okay. For obvious reasons, you know, it would be yeah. it would be it would be a nightmare to get it tested. Um, yeah. And you can burn so much money with R and D trying yeah. to perfect this sort of thing you know if you're yes. not careful you, you put yourself out of business so yeah those independent contracts they allow us to play about with research and development okay which is quite nice so yes so now i've got i've got a bajaj now which is electric and I, I that's for sale um on our website 
Okay. And what's you can, buy the... a, you can you can buy an electric Bajaj. It's based on the two-stroke, but you know it's 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 fifteen thousand. And what's the range? It's um, seventy kilometers. Okay. It's a big motor in it, and it's a and it's a big battery. Um, it's 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 a nice piece of kit, but I, I think I think um, and I also have a an imported um, electric tuk-tuk now that we have. It's made in in uh, in India. Okay. And that's a more sensible price point. You know, I think they've got to be under ten. Yes. The petrol one's six, and electric one's ten. I mean, yes. no one's doing like mega miles unless you're a taxi driver. Yes. In a tuk-tuk, it's it's let's let's face it, it's low mileage leisure, like a classic car or something. Yes. Yes. Um, unless you're commercial, which is another last mile transport and delivery. That's another another sector altogether. Yes. Um, so I think once they get below the ten point, I mean, people will will get involved. I think. Um, are there any on the road at the minute? Have you sold any at the moment? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. We have, yeah. Uh, that's, yeah. And they're, that's corporate stuff, again, is it? Um, no, private. Actually. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. yeah. Early adopters with, um, you know, with a keen uh, sense of their carbon footprint. Okay. Yeah. W- wanting to make a difference. So in places like, um, you know, certain places like Bath and um, certain cities. Yes. Where people are very conscious of um, their eco credentials. Yes. So you know, there's um, there's 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 definitely a future there. Definitely think... a future. The post COVID, you know, there's a lot of interest in in now new ways to deliver stuff to people on yep. you know different sites on large places where the public may be able to gather again. Yes. Um, and they need, you know, people need different solutions. So, oh, they do. Okay. So there's, a, yeah, there's a big. Um, we're definitely going to be part of that, you know, evolution. Now. Oh, okay. And and I presume the the, the tricks you have, you just have to get you you get them vinyl wrapped uh, for a particular job, and and then just when they're done, that you wrap them for something else. Is that what you do? You just yeah, I've, I've pretty much got a uh, fleet of six on standby. Right. At any one time, you might have seen the stuff we did for the taxi company Ola. Yes. Yeah, I, I think uh, a lot of people thought that Ola were going to start using tuk-tuks in the UK, but it was just a promotional thing, wasn't it? It wasn't, because they, they, they don't do that now, do they? Because you can't uh, really, not, it was just a promotion, yet. it was just promotion, wasn't it? Yeah, the the, uh, the MD of Ola became like a, a massive hero in India. Right. As a result of that, that campaign. Oh, okay. Um, he was like a, a superstar in India because it went absolutely viral. You know, people were actually uh, thinking that, yeah, tuk-tuks were, and that, you know, they're not, they're not doing that yet. They're not operating like Uber, not yet. No. Do you think they will, or do you think the the uh, the councils and the uh, and the taxi drivers will conspire to keep them off the road? Well, it's it's interesting. I think that conspiracy now is uh, is history now. Right. You know, if I think back to um, being interviewed on London News at 10 with um, Bob, Bob Oddy, yeah, not Bill Oddy, someone else, Bob Oddy, chairman yeah. of the Black Cab Association. Okay. Somewhere on YouTube, on my YouTube channel. Okay. And I mean, he tore me into shreds. You know, I wasn't, I didn't give a good account of myself, you know, but you can always say that in hindsight in, in interviews. Yes. In the media. He tore me to shreds and, they, you know, they were quite powerful back then, the Black Cab Association. There was no Uber. There was there was nothing else. Um, and even though the BBC were like, oh, yeah, look, Steve's bringing tuk-tuks into London. It's going to be amazing. They're small and low emission and people love them as well. I mean, how about that? 
But yeah, they do. But no, you've got to be kidding me. It's, you know, it's, it's history. But it is a bit of fun for the publicity. Yes. Um, but now, since Uber and Ola and uh, there's a whole host of um, companies, the vehicles will be electric. They will be smaller. Um, so a tuk-tuk um, is a perfect. It is. It is. I, I, it's doing a 360, isn't it? It's, it was considered third world transport. Yes. And it's it's doing a full circle. And it's yes. like, oh, hang on a minute. It's really efficient. Yeah. doesn't damage the road. Oh, look, you know, you can get three people in it. Yeah. And it does what to the gallon? <laughs> it's like it, it isn't third world, you know. I mean, when I sort of fell in love with them, um, you know, all those years ago, I hadn't really done any eco calculations on them. Right. I just thought these are great fun. You're yep. driving, driving them at 40 miles an hour. feels like 90. Yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's like, you know, you're not worrying about your gas bill. You're just in the moment, like being on a motorbike, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, think, course, I, I think I get yeah. 90, not, I get between 80 and 90 out of mine. So. Yeah, yeah, miles an hour. Yeah, no, no. Metaphorically speaking, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 It's, yeah. They're in, they are incre- incredibly fuel efficient. Um, yeah. Little things. But what, people ask, how fast does it go? That's, that's really the first question they ask. And I yeah. go, well, it cruises at 25 miles an hour. Yeah. A bit slow uphill, bit faster downhill, you know, and they yeah. go, oh, you know, they just shake their head, you know, yeah. they, they think I'm an idiot, <clears throat> but uh, I know, but I think they're idiots. So, uh, and I, yeah, the, and the emissions on them, you know, it's, you know, they're tested on, on hydrocarbons. Well, you, you, I'm sure you know the figures. I mean, it's, yeah. it's almost like fresh air, really. Yeah. Compared yeah. to a car. No, I think electric tuk tuks in London or in any major city as, as just quick get around. Oh, totally, yeah. Um, there, there should be hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of them in, in absolutely, absolutely. You know, in I every mean, major city. Yeah, you know, Portugal are lead, leading the field there. You know, we 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 shipped a few there. Yeah, so they they, yeah. they can't have them directly shipped into into Portugal. They have to all come through the UK. No, no, no. They they do they they do their own. They do their own. They buy them. There's 500 tuk-tuks in um, in Lisbon. Okay. Um, probably the same in Porto. Yeah. Um, no, we've sent we've sent a few out there, but there's a lot a lot of those are the Thailand ones. Okay. Yeah. With lead acid batteries in. Okay, so they're all they're all they're all electric. In Portland. there's a lot electric, and 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 they they are gradually um, forcing the uh, fossil fuel ones off the road. It's a quirk of the of the trike of, right. of the DVLA categorization. You know, a two-stroke George tucked up. Eighteen pound a year to tax that. Oh, okay. Because because mine's four stroke, it's eighty. It's because it's over fifty cc. Oh, okay. I understand. Okay. Which, okay. which is the same thing because it's a four stroke. Yeah. Um. So yeah, the two strokes are still like eighteen pound tax. Right, which is a lot better than eighty. But uh, I not not. But it's not commensurate with the emission, is it? No, it's um, not at all. No, no, it's, no. it's it's slightly disappointing that you know because you're almost yeah, you're almost being right. penalised for the uh, right. the fact that you're, you're trying to you're trying to do something uh, that's, yeah. that's good for the planet. Yeah, exactly. You're like, oh, there's this is that the only downside? Okay. <laughs> Tuk-tuks are a vehicle of adventure and discovery. This show is sponsored by Waterside Calligraphy. Beautiful writing brought to life on the page. 
But Tip Trips really haven't come to any city in any big way, have they? No, not really, no. no. Um, Hello, you're, you're listening to Mr. Brian, Steve you know, for the Adventures in the Tuk Tuk's podcast. He had a cleaning company, uh, Dominic, and he wanted a van for his cleaning company, but he fell in love with the Tuk Tuk's in such a big way. And then he went for it big time and set up a big fleet in Brighton and they let him do pretty much anything. Um, didn't actually last, but that's another story. I think he enjoyed the publicity of it more than running a taxi company but yeah. you know which is a tough business you know, you know it's you know it's a tough business <laughs> yeah. I, you know I, I, yeah. I haven't done that some people you know if you can run a taxi company yeah there's a place for it, it will happen probably i suspect when when uh, when they're electric and in a, in a in a city and with a company like ola yeah they'll probably make it happen they would give it a bit more street cred they would have the insurance they would have a bit more, probably a just a bit more professionalism to the whole thing. Yeah, they and, and, and they'd ask us the to make sure the vehicles, with our knowledge and experience, are up to the task, basically. Yeah. And they'd work out how to collect the money and, and, and run the business. And, and then it would all function correctly. Because electric tuk-tuks are really only just beginning now, aren't they? To, to be a bit more functional for this distance and recharging and batteries getting smaller. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, it's a microcosm of, of cars, isn't it? Yeah. In the same way, I think electric uh, hybrid cars, where they just outsold diesels, didn't they? Yeah. In the last quarter. Um, um, so we've been selling electric ones for, for corporate use, say, on, on private land and stuff for a while now. Either electric coffee carts or stretched limos for posh hotels to take their guests about which is more fun than a golf car. Um, and how are the batteries holding up? Have you had, are they just all, just go? Do they just you know, batteries are good lithium. We only use lithium. I mean, uh, the lead acid gel ones, that if you if you go to Portugal and you see, you know, 500 tuk-tuks driving about in Lisbon, they're mostly gel and they you have to chuck them away every year. Right. But the lithium's a five, five year lifespan. Okay. Yeah, because it's, it's on the amount of recharges, isn't it? So, yeah, 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 definitely. Um, so if it's in but the um, but yeah, that one's uh, that one's sold. That's uh, just a couple who wanted an electric one, not a petrol one. So that's a Bajaj, is it? No, that's no. Uh, that's a Guyan. A Guyan. Yeah, Guyan Motorworks. Tell me about Guyan. Yeah, fantastic uh, company in uh, Hyderabad. Um, Rahul and Raja, they're um, regularly featuring in uh, Forbes, you know, top fifty. Um, they're speaking a lot at conferences on sustainability throughout Asia. Um, they're working with uh, Amazon on last mile deliveries. Um, part of the revolution, really, in India. Big uh, company. Replacing. It's it's no, it's not massive compared to um, other Indian companies. They're literally a family business, um, which uh, they're growing. They're growing fast. Um, yeah, a proper startup, educated in. Uh, uh, London University of Middlesex. Yeah. And they're good lads. Roger's been over here. I haven't been to his factory yet. He's been here. He's been here once. Um, and how many of those have you brought into the into the country so far? Um, passenger ones. We just had a sample of four of them. Um, we're mainly, mainly concentrating on the vans, to be honest. Um, because we, you know, since we've been making converted catering and coffee trucks since 2004, we need a constant supply. Yeah, 
of donor vehicles in Piaggio been a bit up and down recently. Right. They've you know just su- they suddenly cut production of say the Ape Fifty, the little two-stroke. Yeah. And the Ape TM, slightly bigger, which was like a staple coffee coffee car or prosecco. Yeah. Or gin bar or pizza ovens. Hello, you're listening to Mr. Steve for the Adventures in a Tuk Tuk podcast. Upstairs. Upstairs. Is that you? Parts department. Parts department? Yeah. Should we go and have a look? Come on then. Parts department. That's exciting. <laughs> you got people beavering away. Party <laughs> lane parts. There's some drive shafts there. Oh, you've already got some, haven't you? Still, um, you've had some drive shafts, haven't you? Yeah, uh, well, the drive shaft survived, believe it or not. Oh, right. uh, the, I'll tell you what happened. The the main 10 mil bolt that holds the engine had yeah. had, had decided to uh, oh. vacate the building. Okay. So the engine was doing this, yeah. and when on one particular uh, upwards motion, yeah. the drive shaft left the, uh, left the wheel housing. So in some ways it's a good fix because yeah. there really wasn't too much damage okay it just went back in again yeah a couple of new gators yeah and off she went again and it's been as good as gold yeah 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 so uh um but i do keep an eye on the 10 mil bolt now too right it's like your wheel nuts isn't it <laughs> yes keep an eye on them. yes um so yeah all this stuff these are from the charges from 2000 and four to 2008 nine or ignition parts yeah um it's a bit chaotic as you can see piaggio Ape parts piaggio Ape city service packs service packs oh there's a box of cables <laughs> yeah one size fits all star wars you seem to be into scale extras and star wars oh that's i'm just doing someone a favor storing there uh, right. as a a toy shop around the corner Quite a prolific mail order business, so maximising the space. Yeah, yeah, old bits that you know would be hard to get hold of. Yeah, so I generally invite people to come, James, and choose what they want. You know, yeah. it's, it's not like a, a mail order operation. I don't no. have advertising. You know, complete engines, Bajaj engines, Piaggio engines. It's it's one of those people come and they have a mood about. You know. Yeah, and go home with a few things. Oh, one of them. Oh, what about that? I've been looking for one of those for years. Oh, how many uh, three wheels do you reckon there are in this country? Oh. About? Yeah, good question. It's five hundred, isn't it? At least. Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm just going to say somewhere between five, five, five hundred and. Yeah, I've probably bought in. Um, three three hundred, um, and probably handled four hundred. Um, and other people, and like Reese, have also bought bought them in. Yeah, yeah, and those as well. I'm probably not including those. No, there's probably um, a thousand. I'm not including those. Yeah, all those Italian ones that yeah. are everywhere. I, I wasn't really including them. Um. Yeah, yeah. There's um. Yeah, so there's a load more stuff there. Wheels and tires. Unfortunately, no off-road ones. One yes. day, I shall keep a lookout. They're for not those. massively different. I was looking at the tread on them. On the uh, on the off-road ones, some of them are some of the normal ones have got. Are they a bit wider? The well, ones. They they're just like chunky on the side, a okay. bit like that. I mean, the yeah. tread, the different treads. Yeah. 
I guess it would be a case of trying them out. Yeah. A bit like a pit stop, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah definitely. Off and on in sort, sort yeah. of 19 minutes. Yeah. That's uh, the giant cardboard box up. That's where they come in. Oh, right. The vehicles. Uh, for the size of a bajaj, it's not a big box, is it? Not massive, is it? Makes yeah. a good Wendy house if you've got kids. Right, okay. No kids? In the garden. So let's talk about the can. Can we talk about the can of sea notes? Sure. The Piaggio can of sea notes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so this is the uh, the first the first Palacinos um, were uh, two thousand and nine, and that was a diesel. Um, that was quite a big lump. You could spot them; they had like pieces of wood down the down the sides. Right. Quite a nice sort yeah. of Austin, you know, traveller that sort of look. The wood. Are they quite rare now? Um, I'd say so. Yeah, 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 yeah. They are. Um, we, we used to have some in the fleet, um, the diesel ones, and they go all day long, Yeah. Um, you know, as a taxi. But they don't make these anymore, do they? Yeah, they do, yeah. I thought, I thought they only the made The diesel ones, cars. they don't. That oh. was a limited edition, yeah, the diesel ones. Oh, so it's the Calasino yeah. diesel. The Calasino diesel, yeah. There was, there was 500 in yellow, and then they did 500, 600 in blue. Um, and then they switched to the petrol, right? And now they started making the, the they've made these ever since. So these come in white, blue, or red. Well, there's a I think there's an anniversary one. It's like a turquoise, right? You can get. Okay, so I'm, I if Matt Everard had one, and I just think he sold it to Reese Morgan in the gallery. Oh, yeah, that's right. So I'm not sure if that's a diesel one or a petrol. Yes, you had a diesel one. That's so that is Matt, one. Of, yeah, yeah. Okay, so that's fastest tuk tuk Matt. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. you sold that to Reese, right? Ah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. A diesel one. I would imagine if he's the fastest tuk tuk in the world, he's not going to um, get on with a diesel Calasino. <laughs> <laughs> I'd guess. Now the uh, it's probably like two hundred horsepower less. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's but quite I, a big, quite a big lump. Actually. He seems to be into him. Back into American cars, he seems to buy them. Oh, yeah, a lot of yeah, of course, yeah, no problem. Um, yeah, good, so to, good to try. Out. I know Reese just driving it about at the moment, since yeah, he went to the tip on it the other day and had okay. lots of stuff in the back, and yeah, you know, use a workhorse vehicle, uh, definitely, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, there's uh, yeah, they can, can put a bit of weight in the back, yeah, but that's the diesel one, okay, so yeah, um, but yeah, the petrol ones look great, don't they? I think yeah. there's yeah, they're slightly bigger engine, like they, they're like a 422, yeah, yeah, CC, yeah, yeah. So chug, chug, chug. Yeah, yeah we, I bought in a few um, Ape diesel tuk-tuks, not limited edition, not convertibles, just black, black and yellow, and they're diesel. One of my customers um, owns a, a lovely shop in uh, Stenning near Brighton called Sakala. Okay. And she brings in the most wonderful um, goods from India that she's procured herself. Um, she's got, you know, Buddhas for the garden and, and, and fantastic ornaments and stuff and statues. And she delivers them in a diesel tuk-tuk. The seats fold forward. Right. And you, she can put all the statues in the back. Really cool. That's the way to deliver. Really cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah 100%. Yeah. Um, you know, it's a big bus. It'll take um, it'll take a bit of weight. Yeah. That's, I think that's... Yeah. What, what sort of weight will the... It's got the electric fan. Yeah, yeah. The, what, the, what the ta that's the, it's called the Taskman. 
Right. The guy on Motorworks, the Taskman van, um, he just delivered one to uh, Brockwell Park. Ever been there? Lambeth. In the middle of Brockwell Park, it's 50 hectares, this um, oasis of greenery in South London. In the middle of it, there's a community greenhouse run by volunteers. So they're going to deliver on one of these all their produce that they grow. Very good, that's the way that's the way forward. It's a wonderful uh, enterprise there, it really is. Uh, They gave me a pot of uh, raspberry and apple jam to bring home. I've been having it on my toast with peanut butter. It's, is that all it costs to buy one? It's fantastic. <laughs> is, that, is that all they gave you? <laughs> that's it, that's it. That's it, I'm the sucker for a bit of a jam, yeah. <laughs> Sweet tooth. I can offer you two. Sweet you two. tooth. I got a couple of, uh, couple of uh, pots of rhubarb and strawberry. Oh, well, now you're talking. Yeah. Hello, mate. Oh, did you get it sorted? Thank you very much. You're welcome, mate. Put it, help yourself anytime. You need any tools. Um, so yeah, the task man, Super little van, yeah. So that's uh, that's five hundred kilograms that weighs, and can take another five hundred. That'll take no two hundred. Two hundred. Yeah, two hundred. Yeah, I've got um, the next consignment that's um, about to leave the factory. I've got a uh, a waste um, vehicle coming. You remember the if you that collects the litter. It's yeah. like uh, little bins on the top. You open up the hatches. Yeah, and it's hydraulic, lifts up. So. Um, I'm, I'm going to get one of those for stock. I would imagine I'm going to, you know, demonstrate that to local authorities. Right. To go around and empty the litter in, you know, areas like the parks. Yeah. Soho, somewhere with narrow yeah. streets, York. Yeah. Anywhere, really. Um, so that, uh, yeah, hopefully we'll... we'll uh, I, can, I can see... Yeah, Local there's potential. Yeah, why not? Why not? Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, that's the plan there. And if you put a longer body on it, you could almost keep in it. You know what? You 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 could make a camper van version. If you, if you, I'm sure George Clark would approve. I'm sure he would. Um, yes, it, I'm not sure it'd be an amazing space inside though, would it? Yeah, it could be well, a bit cramped and dark and hot. And well, a bit like a sweat box. The fellow did the Ape Fifty, didn't he, on that show? Yes. Which is it's not bigger than that. Um, I think the seat cleverly moved out the way, and, and, and you could you could yeah. sleep in it. I actually sold him a Piaggio Ape Fifty to a fellow. He came, he walked in. He didn't say he was coming. Turned up, and then he just got in the back. He said, "Do you mind if I lie in the back?" I was like, "No, it's fine." And then his feet were sticking out, and he goes, "Yeah, I'll take it." And I was like, "What? <laughs> just tell me what what are you going to do?" He said, "I'm just going to sleep in the new forest in it while camping." But in a van, fantastic. Is he still there? Do you think? Um, is he still there? Yeah, he does phone me up occasionally. Does he? And yeah, yeah, obviously, uh, just um, phone me up and uh, ask if he can have a heater fitted or something, maybe. Or... Right. <laughs> yeah, it'd be a bit nippy in the winter. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely, yeah. But but no, great. a cheap a cheap way to live. Cheap absolutely. way to camp. Yeah, 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 yeah definitely. definitely. Yeah, absolutely. Little camper van version. How about the sort? You could sell some to Circo, a prison van. You could, right. get, you could get one person in there. Right? Yeah, isolated isolation uh, unit. Iso- yes, yeah. a, co- a COVID <laughs> isolation. Absolutely, that could work, couldn't it? I, I think there's plenty there's of lots of opportunity for that, isn't there? There is. You could sell hundreds of those. Just yeah. for COVID nineteen. Uh, no. 
yeah. circular movement. Well, also, if you think about um, go taking that theme, the drive-ins, the drive-in movies now, yeah. with isolation, you could yeah. go around with that and hand out the drinks, couldn't you? And you the could. food. You could. Silently go between all the cars. Um, you could mount a machine gun on the top. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, am I getting a bit silly now? Well, yeah, I think there was a military green one that's probably yeah. got you got it has actually tell me about that where, where did you see that and where did that where, where did that army um come from where did it go i just wanted to um we i've driven a few as, as my daily driver i've you know been wrapping them for quite quite a few years and it was just a case of we i met some guys who, who sprayed sprayed stuff they were like a, a posse of uh, bikers and uh I met them um, at a show or something, and, and they said, we can spray your tuk-tuk with a mat, a nice US Army matte colour, and put some stuff on. So I gave them the vehicle, and then a few months went by, and I went to find them, and uh, they weren't in the spray shop. And I found the owner of the farm that owned the land that the spray shop was on. He said, oh, he never paid his bills. We kicked them out. And then five months later, I found my TikTok <laughs> in another shop. Uh, after they're lovely guys, good as gold. They weren't yeah. trying to escape or anything, but they weren't really ones to f phone up and say, "Oh, by the way, mate, we've been evicted from our place and we've moved somewhere else." Yeah. But you know, you try to deal with local people, and uh, they did a good job, and I got it back. Um, I, I really, I really enjoyed it. Where's it now? Someone bought that. Oh, yeah, they just came in and said, "Oh." I, I like that, and I said, "Well, it's it's it's, my, it's mine. It's not really for sale. But, uh, I really want that one. Well, I could spray you another one. Oh, I can't be bothered. I like the way you've written tough on the side and the, the number, the random military number." So he made you an offer you couldn't refuse. Uh, pretty much, yeah. I just thought of a number, and uh, and he said yes. Exactly. Yeah. So which is know, a good way to do business. It's got to be done. Yeah, it's yeah. got to be done. Yeah. Um, you know, at the end of the day, um, I wouldn't say everything's for sale, but no, but. Uh, Business is business. It depends it? on the jam quality, doesn't well, it? Well, exactly. It does. <laughs> <laughs> so I can see my number plate on the wall over there. Oh, right. Yes, so that's where it is. Thank you to Mr. Steve for taking the time to talk to me. So now everybody knows the Tuk Shop was the first to import rickshaws into the UK. They are Tuk Tuk pioneers. Bajaj, Guyam, Piaggio, two-stroke, four-stroke or electric. Vans or coffee bars, the list is as wide as your imagination. I even got to ride in a Bajaj electric tuk-tuk, which I have to say is the future and is really cool. In the next episode, I talk to Sanjay Sharma about a trip from Nottingham all the way to India in his little tuk-tuk, including travelling through Eastern Europe to Turkey and on to Iran and finally India. Definitely not to be missed. For more details on this show or any of my other podcasts, head on over to my website, adventuresinatuktuk.com, or you can subscribe on iTunes or Spotify. Thank you for listening. This has been a C&P production for Follow the Tuk Tuk. You're listening to stories of discovery and adventure from Adventures in the Tuk Tuk podcast, now available on iTunes. This podcast is sponsored by the fabulous Tutu UK, the UK's largest importer of tuk-tuks. If you want a tuk-tuk or anything tuk-tuk related, Tutu UK is the company to speak to. They love talking tuk-tuks as much as I do.
This show is sponsored by Tutu UK and Water Cycle Calligraphy. This has been a CMP production for Follow the Tutu.